Looking for your next great hire? CareerBuilder is the fastest growing job site in the U.S. with over 140 million candidate profiles and growing. Plus, candidates on CareerBuilder have skills for the most in-demand occupations. Let us help you rebuild and rehire a strong, more diverse workforce fast. CareerBuilder, we're building for you. Visit hiring.careerbuilder.com forward slash recruit. We have a whole lot going on in our country right now. We're just five days away from the planned execution of Rodney Reed. Colin Kaepernick kind of has a tryout on this Saturday. And Deval Patrick just announced that he's running for president. I'm going to unpack and explain all of these issues. This is Sean King, and you are listening to The, the, the Breakdown. The, 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 the Breakdown. The, 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 the Breakdown. We are now just five days away, which is painful to say, and my hope and prayer and and belief was that before we got to this point today, that some court, some hearing, some decision would have been made to stay the execution of Rodney Reed, even if just a 30 or 60 or 90 day delay. But instead, here we are. We're five days away from the scheduled execution of Rodney Reed, and yet nobody has intervened. We had several powerful developments yesterday, including the very first District Attorney Joe Gonzalez, the DA of San Antonio, Texas, who wrote the first emergency letter to Governor Abbott from a district attorney. We've had a lot of lawmakers, state legislators, state senators, state House members, uh, U.S. Congress people, and other elected officials that have made a statement on Rodney Reed, but we had not yet had a prosecutor. And uh, District Attorney Joe Gonzalez, a man that I know and respect a great deal, I would call him my friend. We did not ask Joe to write that letter, and I want to be clear on that. Joe, in in fact, we did not ask anybody that you know that is out there supporting Rodney Reed. We have presented the evidence, and people have made their own decisions to come out and support Rodney Reed. But to have a district attorney, uh, somebody who runs a justice system in Texas, in San Antonio, come out and say, yes, this execution should be stopped because there is evidence that would exonerate this man that needs to be reviewed and examined more closely, was a powerful moment. We continue to have Republicans from across Texas, including the United States congressman who represents Bastrop County, where Stacey Stites was killed, where Rodney Reed was convicted, Congressman McCall, a deep, deep conservative who represents that district, said, you know, my constituents are asking me uh, to do so. And I am compelled to write you, Governor Abbott, to, to admonish you to please stop this execution. Please review all of the evidence because an execution is something that cannot be reversed. But there was something that happened yesterday that was deeply discouraging, where we saw last night in Georgia the execution of Ray Cromartie, who has claimed since the day he was ever arrested that he was not guilty of a murder there in Georgia. 
and was even offered a plea deal that if he would plead guilty, that they would spare his life. And uh, Brother Cromartie has always denied that he was guilty of this murder in Georgia. And even over the past few years, as people have offered him opportunities to confess his guilt in exchange basically for his life, he refused. And last night, the state of uh, state of Georgia executed Ray Cromartie, and he had a a hearing before the Supreme Court. He did not appear there, but his case was quickly heard, and they petitioned the Supreme Court on the fact that the state of Georgia never examined, never never examined the murder weapon in his case for DNA. Never tested it for DNA, and he says that he never had touched, used that murder weapon. So please just test it for DNA. And the state of Georgia refused. And the Supreme Court did not stay that execution based on that. And and that's concerning because it's the same thing with Rodney Reed, where there is a clear murder weapon, a belt that was used to uh, to kill Stacey Stites. And that belt, whoever used it, their DNA would be all over that belt. It was it was used in such a way that it was ultimately broken, and uh, and yet they refused to test it for DNA. In in any chance that it could exonerate Rodney Reed, that someone else's DNA is on that belt, they refused to test it, refused to examine it for that, and which I find not only telling but deeply disturbing. And so we are asking all of you, and I, I've asked many times, but please, if you have not signed the petition yet at freerodneyreed.com, please do so right away. And we're asking each of you on this Sunday, this coming Sunday, to attend a vigil or a rally for Rodney Reed or start one in your own town on your college campus. You can go to freerodneyreed.com and start an event now. Our team will be there to coach you through it. Go to freerodneyreed.com and start an event right now. Break it down. I was admittedly excited but skeptical when I learned that the NFL was offering some kind of tryout or audition for Colin Kaepernick on this Saturday. I, I'll say that I was excited because I saw the tweet from Colin where he said he was excited and looking forward to it. And I, I'm excited for a lot of reasons. You know, I, I am a fan and friend of Colin Kaepernick. I have not watched a single NFL game since he has been effectively banned from the league and, and will continue to refuse to support a league or a system that does what it has done to this man. But in the days since the announcement was made that Colin would be given some type of combine audition experience on this coming Saturday, a lot more information has come out that has me and many NFL experts, not just activists and organizers, but leading sports commentators and and current and retired NFL players saying, yeah, this is a bogus PR stunt. First, almost all tryouts during seasons happen on Tuesdays, which is an off day for almost every team in the NFL where their general managers and their executives and, and player scouts and others are able to travel to, uh, to participate in any kind of tryout. 
And so almost all teams have people try out on Tuesdays, and that's standard. It's widely known, and almost no tryouts happen outside of Tuesdays. So when Colin was asked for it to be on this Saturday, we're told that his team said, well, we would rather it be on Tuesday, which is an off day for the entire league. The league refused. And the league has not explained why they refused. And it's a problem that it's on Saturday because almost every team in the NFL travels on Saturdays for the games they play on Sunday, making it nearly impossible for most NFL teams to have any executives or scouts or people of note at this trial for Colin Kaepernick. A little deeper than that is the fact that Colin Kaepernick has been available for tryouts for two years and eight months. (laughs) Okay, like he's not just now available for a tryout. He's been available and not a single team in the NFL. Don't believe the hype. Don't believe the lies. Not one team has even invited him to try out for them. So the fact that they crammed it in on a Saturday was problematic. And so Colin said, okay, since you're not going to do it on the day that you always do tryouts, can you please put it on the following Saturday to then give teams the opportunity to prepare to change schedules instead of it being on this Saturday, a few days from now? And the NFL said no. It has to be on this Saturday. It cannot be on Tuesday. It cannot be on next Saturday. And uh, Colin said, okay, can you send a list of the teams that will be there? And they said no. <laughs> and and so I, it is still my understanding that Colin will be there because he's a gamer and he has literally worked out for five to six days a week. For nearly three years straight, he is in the best shape of his life. He is strong, fit, with no injury, and is as sharp as ever. He would be an immediate contributor to any team that signed him, one, as a leader on that team, but he could immediately serve as a starter or as a backup for any team in the NFL. And yet it seems like the NFL is doing this for show, for pomp and circumstance, that there's no real desire to have him on a team. All I can say is we'll see. We will see. And uh, I don't know if we'll get any footage or feedback from how everything goes on Saturday. I know he will be amazing and I know he's ready, but we'll see how it goes. And um, as long as he wants to still play in the league, I, I want it for him. I have, I was a lifelong fan of the NFL, but the NFL has, has has me a little hot with the way they not only have mistreated Colin, but even this year they've mistreated several players, particularly players with chronic injuries that teams and team doctors basically ignored. But beyond that, you know, I, I've grown frustrated with the brutality of the sport. But if he wants to play, then I want the opportunity to be available for him, and it's wrong for him to be prohibited from playing. I want to come back with some commentary on... Governor Deval Patrick, who just announced that he is running for president. But I have a quick word from one of our sponsors. I'm not sure if you've ever heard the phrase that America loves black culture, but does not love black people. And I'm not sure if any truer words have ever been spoken. And that's why it is 
a profound experience when we have films in this country. And film is just a such a powerful medium to tell stories and convey deep truths. For almost all of America's film history, it has been a rare occurrence to have films that were written, directed, produced, and starred in, scored by, dressed by, uh, lit by African Americans. And it has been a rare experience to have films about the black experience, including, I won't go down a long list, many films about black people that were not written, directed, or produced by black folk. And that's a huge part of why I'm so excited that we are now just less than two weeks away from the premiere of the new film, Queen and Slim, which comes out on this November 27th. I want everybody, all of the listeners of The Breakdown, to go see it. It's a powerful film, not just about police brutality, not just about how one couple is forced in a moment of police brutality to respond and then ends up on the run. It's a film about being black in America. It's a film about the beauty and the pain, the complications, the highs, the lows, and I can't wait to see it, in part because I know and trust the people who wrote it and produced it and directed it. It's going to be a powerful experience that I want all of you to see. Queen and Slim comes out on this November 27th. Get your tickets today. Early this morning, we learned that Massachusetts governor, former Massachusetts governor, Deval Patrick, who is good buddies with Barack Obama, that he announced that he is running for president. And I have some thoughts and feelings about it. And uh, you listen to the breakdown because I keep it real with you and try to unpack and explain things. Um, I have mixed feelings about it. Deval Patrick um, is a is a a decent candidate, but I think he's going to struggle first and foremost. I think he's going to struggle out of the gate. He has already missed deadlines to be on the ballot of multiple states, which is problematic. So. Multiple states are not even going to be able to vote for him. Uh, It's yet to be seen if he is going to qualify to be on the ballots of other states. He is not going to be able to be in the next debate because you have to have had a certain number of donors and have to have a certain uh, spot in the polls. I don't know how he'll do in the polls. I think he'll do decently, but he's going to struggle to get I think you have to have over 100,000 unique donors at this point. And he's going to struggle to do it. He doesn't have, outside of Massachusetts, a dedicated fan base. Um, He released his traditional campaign video. And uh, listen, I'm not being harsh. I thought it was rushed. (laughs) I mean, it was, like, overly scripted. He was, I mean, clearly reading from a teleprompter, which is okay if that's that's your thing. But... um, I mean, it was it was really average and he offered no plans or ideas, no unique thoughts, only saying that he's going to help America heal and bring people together. And I think he is grossly, grossly misunderstanding the moment that we're in. And um, I just watched his interview on CBS this morning with Gail King and team. They're great, by the way. And uh, I thought it was bad. 
And I'm not saying that just because I'm a big Bernie supporter. Like, I'm trying to be fair for each of you. Like, I just, I thought it was a bunch of nothing. Um, he openly said in in not just that interview, but other interviews, that he doesn't have any big policy ideas. He's not going to support Medicare for all. He's not really big on a, on a wealth tax that, uh, <laughs> you know, he's not coming out for major policy ideas at a time where that's what people want. They want you to be specific. And instead, he's just basically saying, I'm a nice guy and uh, and I'm friends with Obama. And it's like, hey, we've we've heard that before. It's called Joe Biden. <laughs> and and in essence, that's what I think um, Deval Patrick is doing. He's trying to run as the younger friend of Obama and and he's trying to run as a version of Obama with without the process. Uh, Deval Patrick in particular, I I won't offer critiques today of Michael Bloomberg, who appears to be running Hillary Clinton, who continues to suggest that she's running. But Deval Patrick, of of those three, Deval Patrick really desperately needed to have been a part of the entire process. He needed to be in those debates. Um, I am, I'm friends with multiple candidates, including Cory Booker, uh, Julian Castro, and others. And uh, they've worked their butts off all over the country. They've crisscrossed all over this country, and they've done hundreds and hundreds of events everywhere, north, south, east, and west, not only meeting voters, but introducing themselves. And for Deval Patrick to say, I'm not doing any of that, but now I'm jumping in. Um, I don't know. It's weird. I find it disrespectful to the other candidates. Less than I find it disrespectful to the leading candidates, I find it disrespectful to the candidates that aren't leading. I find it disrespectful to Kamala Harris and, and, and Cory Booker and Julian Castro and, and others. And it's like, okay. <laughs> it's, you know, people ask me, well, why is he running? And I think I know. It's, it's ego. And I think that um, he, e- ego is a hell of a drug. And it causes people to think that they are more special than they actually are. Ego can cause people to think that they don't have to participate in uh, the processes that are set up. And, um, and and this is my last critique of Deval Patrick, and I, I don't think that his candidacy will, will resonate in any significant way. My question to Deval Patrick is this, is... Are you saying that basically the only way you know to change the world is to run for president? Because when I examine Deval Patrick's life over these past few years, I see him doing nothing to fight for change. I don't see him not just at any protest or demonstration. I don't see him advocating against some of the worst policies of the Trump administration. And it's like, Oh, okay, like either you're president or nothing. Is that kind of, that's the deal here? And um, for me, the greatest indication of who somebody is, of what they actually care about, is what they tell you when they're not running for president, 
what they fight for when they're not running for president. And I can't quite put my finger on what Deval Patrick cares about when he's not running for office, but I, I don't get the impression that it's us. And so um, I, I wish him luck. I have a few buddies who, who know him and, uh, and think he's a decent guy. Uh, we'll see. I think he'll hurt a few of the other candidates, but I don't think he'll resonate beyond that. Break it down. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of The Breakdown. If you're not already subscribed to our podcast, why not? Why are you not subscribed yet? I don't get it. We need you to subscribe. Hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or any other podcast reader or user that you love to use, any other podcast app that you love. We're trying to get to 100,000 subscribers and we're getting closer and closer, but we need you on board. Of course, thank you so much to the nearly 30,000 founding members of the North Star whose support even makes this podcast possible. If you'd love to become a member, go to the northstar.com right now and join today. Please, please, please go to freerodneyreed.com. Sign our petition because we are hand-delivering it to the governor on this coming Monday. We want your signature to be one of those signatures that we hand-deliver. We're nearly right at 3 million signatures, but we need your signature. Of course, we also want you to start and host an event or, or attend an event, a vigil or a rally for Rodney Reed on this Sunday. Again, go to freerodneyreed.com start or host or attend an event of course thank you so much to our associate producer Lysandra and our senior producer Willis for their hard work on this and every episode take care everybody this podcast is brought to you by ragu old world style traditional sauce a great sauce starts with the best ingredients ragu old world style traditional sauce is that great sauce Inspired by our founder's original recipe, Ragu Old World Style Traditional Sauce is made with delicious ingredients, including vine-ripened tomatoes, chopped onions, garlic, and olive oil. Simmered together for the authentic taste you and your family will want to come back to. For recipes, sauces, and mealtime inspiration, visit ragu.com.